don't make it mad. I got good things, got you. Hoops and everything. Get back, never get back too soon. Are you lonely? Are you there when I'm not in the room? Are you only, only a part of this when you choose? Welcome, another third episode of the preseason for of the Pod Pod. Uh, big show tonight. We're deep diving on three extremely key positions for your super coach side: hookers, halves, and five eights. We're recording this on a Wednesday night, so we're just over two weeks away from the start of the season. So, big couple of weeks coming up few positional changes and different things to come hopefully uh, and a couple of and a few big trials on the weekend uh, I have a couple of special guests uh, to with myself tonight um, you might have noticed uh, you're not getting Matt's dulcet tomes it's tubes hosting the pod tonight uh, and I've got a couple of uh, real cracker special guests coming coming along with me uh, I'll kick off with my good friend. He's a he's known as the head-to-head bandit uh, and a coach of the previously named Big Dogs, the Big Dog himself, Jono. How are you going? Hey, Tubes. Thanks for having me on tonight, mate. How do you think that intro went? It was a bit 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 raggedy, or yeah, there was a couple of little mishaps early at the start, a few noises that didn't need to be there, but I think you picked it up well. Yeah. Now I wanted to ask, so you, for for the guest tonight, we're, we're a super coach pod, but obviously very rugby league themed. Uh, can you give me one rugby league story from your illustrious career? So, Tubes, I think one that stands out for me is when you and I actually played in the same football team under twelves. We're not born in the same year, but due to your lack of ability, you did have a dispensation to play down a grade with my team. And the highlight for me was uh, we were playing against the Engadine Dragons. We did not win a game in this season. And I actually steamrolled over from a penalty tap, about probably 10 metres to the left of the posts, and we were one point behind. And you had to go for a, a kick to win the game for our team. You put up the piggy, Riddell left arm went up and you charged in, and it went about five metres wide. would probably be one of the highlights in my career. So stop me from having a match-winning try. Good to know that the highlights of uh, your career involve involve me. Uh, that probably just shows the, uh, the 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 type of career, football career you had, and just to and and it, and it was really my commitment to the Joey's Football Club that had me playing down a grade and going through all those hoops. Nothing to do with my my ability. Um, clearly shown by I was our first choice kicker going for that that goal kick that, that day. <laughs> Uh, the second guest tonight probably had a bit of a better football career than you and me, Jono. Uh, he's returning from uh, 2022 for those uh, returning listeners. He finished last year in the 2000s after a late season spiral uh, when he ran out of trades. He's currently wrapping his Berry Magpies gear on the screen tonight. It's the coach of the C-Mac Shark Attacks. Chris, how you going? I'm going good. Thanks, Tubes. Lovely intro. Yes, yeah. always repping the Magpies, mate. And uh, are you, um, are you, have you done some research for tonight's pod or are you just coming in with a bit of steam? Just coming in with a bit of steam. As I mentioned, my wife is 39 and a half weeks pregnant. So there's a bit going on at home at the minute, but uh, always time for super coach, mate. Always time for it. And, uh, and have you got your, give me, give me one of your rugby league stories, Chris, that doesn't involve me, hopefully. Um, my favourite my favorite involves the podfather, actually, your dad. So I think I might have been under eights or under nines and I'd scored four tries in a game probably four or five times. 
and there's a quarter to go at, funnily enough, against the Ingadine Dragons at Anzac Oval. And the podfather moved me to dummy half. I never got the chance to score five tries in the game. I turned 37. <laughs> I turned 37 next week, and I still haven't scored five tries in a game. So uh, thanks very much, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, just just keep it, just keeping you keeping you on your toes. Exactly. I don't right. think I've scored five tries in my career, so I don't think you should be too disappointed about that, mate. I was a big kid. <laughs> All right, so as I mentioned, uh, we're, we're deep diving into three positions tonight, so we'll, we'll, we'll kick off into that. Just quickly, though, I'm going to just mention, uh, for those out there that haven't yet joined the Pod Pod uh, group, Unlimited, uh, we've got a major prize going for anyone that's joined the group. We haven't decided by what round, but it'll be early on in the season. Uh, and the prize we've landed on is... What we've done, similar to last year, we're looking at uh, a weekend where we have a game of golf at the Lakes in in, in Sydney, uh, followed by on the Saturday going to Randwick Racecourse where you'll be treated to a, a day at the Chairman's Lounge, which is includes all food and drink and, and probably some pretty good tips for some winners. Um, John, I think you've come out to the, the races with us a couple of times. Uh could you could you recommend it out there for the listeners? Oh, massively! It's awesome, awesome fun. Especially if you guys have a horse running that day, it becomes a very entertaining day. <laughs> so the the group code, if you want to join our group, um, is eight nine zero one eight nine. That code again is eight nine zero one eight nine. What about Andrew King? Put him in the second. Put him somewhere. He's too good for this game. Well, the juggler. The juggler's come out at Brookie. All right. Let's kick it off into the hookers. So I thought before we'd kick off, I'd just break down a bit about what we're going to be talking about tonight. So we're going to try – we're obviously not going to cover off every um, – every single player uh, in, in, in the three categories, but we've broken it into three uh, different areas. So we've got our premium guys, which are the ones that are 600K plus. Uh, they're your premium uh, should-be guns in that price range. We've got the high mid-rangers. They're sort of the 400 to 600K. And then we've got uh, low mid-rangers and cheapies. So we're going to sort of go through each particular area uh, and then uh, – and and dive into a few uh, key plays in, e- in each position uh, in each area. Before I go into that, though, Jono, uh, what's your sort of initial thoughts at a strategy for, for hookers and halves? Where are you sort of landing on, you know, guns and cheapies? And, and have you sort of thought about what you're looking at in your team structure? Obviously, it will depend a little bit about uh, what, what cheapies are actually kind of named in position when, when the team has come around. But... I made a team today that had four like premium gun, like two gun five eights, two gun halfbacks, just to see how it looked, and it actually balanced out all right. It just means kind of shortening back the front row forward in particular a bit. But I'm tempted to go big and strong to start those positions for for this year. Not hook up so much, but definitely halfback and five eight. Yeah. What are you thinking, Jude? I just think we'll go into it the 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 mid the mid to low range options in the halves is just horrible this year. So um, outside of um, Josh Schuster, who I'm sure we'll talk about, it's not looking good. So I think you need to get some premium halves, um, but it's just 
it's just about where do you find the money from that. All right, Chris, the first one we're diving into. Uh, he was the top scoring hooker last year, uh, much to uh, Cookie and Ro- Reese Robson's disappointment. Harry Grant, uh, he scored 1,552 points last year at an average of 77. He's priced quite highly. What are your thoughts on on Harry Grant to start the year? Look, I've got him at the moment, and I think I've had him in pretty much every draft team I've made. Uh, I look at Harry Grant uh, and think he is the standout in the hooking role. I think at the end of the year, you're going to need him. And I'm a bit worried if you don't have him um, to start the year, if he starts off on a flyer, how do you get him in? Um, His quality, I think he's the best in the field. Uh, I've got him, and I just think he's... uh, Far and away the best player in that position at the moment. Do you have him – can you fit him and fit Nico and Cleary, who obviously we'll get on to in a bit? No, no I, haven't, I haven't been able to do that yet. <laughs> I've been trying, <laughs> but I've got um, – I, I, yeah, we'll get, we'll get down, down to the halves, but I, I've got Cleary there at the moment, but yeah. I can't fit all three. I just, I just feel like if Melbourne get off to a flyer, which they're pretty renowned for doing, like they haven't, they haven't lost – I don't think they've lost a round one game with Bellamy at the helm – uh, it could really hurt you not having him. He could easily go 100, 100, and then how do you how you how do you fit him in? So that's sort of my thoughts on him. He's got some real attacking upside, mind you. They don't quite have the forward pack they've had in recent years, but you know I think his output's not going to be um, not going to be worse. Like you saw a couple of years ago in a pretty average Tigers side, he went really well as a as a rookie. So now Harry Grant's in my side, um, and hopefully. He starts off on fire. Jono, any thoughts on on Harry or or any of the other guns taking taking your eye for, to start the year? I think uh, Chris made some really good points about Harry. Like everything he said made sense, particularly about if he if he does get off to a flyer, it's pretty hard to get him in. I think he's averaged seventy two minutes last year, so I don't think there's any huge upside with him. He only went over a hundred three times all season last year, so he's consistent, but he doesn't go huge too often. I just think it's about, yeah, you're making that choice of is he just going to outscore the competition by that much? And I'm, I'm going to be personally banking on that someone like the Cheese can get close enough that it won't matter. Yeah, so you're you're look, you're not looking at Harry uh, to start off with and it doesn't sound like you're looking at our next man, uh, Cookie. So he was, he was um, the second highest averaging hooker last year. Uh, I've tried to make a case for Cookie a uh, bit of bit of a you know friend of the show, and I've really, I I just can't justify having having him to start. I think from some conversations we've had, it, I think he's one of those ones that you want to have in your team uh, at some point throughout the year. Uh, but I, I just think he's starting at such a high price, really, because he had such a a good year last year. You're our residence bunny supporter, Jono. Do you think there's any chance of a of a you know, Cookie going even better than last year? It's hard. I don't think better. He averaged, what, 75. So it's his best year since 2018 and 2019. Uh, obviously, 2020 and 2021 was when Bennett was there and he seemed to kind of stop his running game. Last year, that was a little bit freer. So I don't think it would be better, but I think he could match that kind of output again. He's only at 3%, so I can understand if someone's looking at kind of that pod and wanting to lay Harry Grant. But for me, it's only, if, if I was wanting a top-price hooker, 
he's only 30k less than Grant. So I think if it was me, I'd just pay that extra money for Grant. Yeah, it's a bit like I I think that's sort of the the case that you could make for all of these guns. So like, um, and I'll probably do similar to what Matt did on the last on the last pod. So in the other options in the premium 600k, we've got Appy, Blake Braley, Jaden Braley, or Jeremy Marshall King, and they're all above 600k. And then we finally got Reese uh, Robson as the as the third highest owner, and he's he's got a pretty good uh, percentage ownership. Chris, do any of them have any appeal to you? Could you make a case for for any of them to, from a start in the season point of view? Not not starting the season, I suppose. The, the the there's Robson who I'll get to, but Appy coming from a really good system at the Panthers last year. I had him last year, and he scored quite well. Um, I want to wait and see what he looks like at the Tigers. I want to wait and see what the Tigers look like. Um, so I wouldn't be touching uh, those others to start with. Robson's an interesting one for me. I really I really like him as a footballer. I like watching him. I like his game. Um, and I think the Cowboys, obviously, after last year's big season, are going to be up there again. They've got a really juicy draw to start with. So I can definitely, I can definitely understand why people are looking at Robson. Um, I think... From from memory, now I'm not real good on stats. I think I mentioned this earlier, but his his numbers were inflated late last year due to quite a number of tries. So it'll be interesting to see if that's you know that's something that comes into play. But I I like Reese Robson. It's um I like him as a footballer, and you know if I muck around with my team a little bit more, and I need to find a you know another hundred or so thousand dollars or whatever the difference between a Harry Grant and a Reese Robson is, I could easily jump in. Uh, what do you reckon on that one? Jono, sorry, mate. No, yeah, you're good, mate. I was just going to say, with his tries, he scored seven tries last season. He actually averages a try every four games for his career. So he is a bit of a noted try-scoring hooker. I don't think it's like maybe slightly inflated, but not massively. I think the thing that I worry about with him is Jake Granville's probably pretty likely to get a bench spot this year, whereas last year they had the hammer in that number 14 role. If Jake Granville is there round one, I think he's an absolute no-go, Reese Robson. Geez, I mean, yeah, for sure. That'd just be feel like such a waste of a role to have Jake Granville on there, though, especially because they got Cotter to cover Hooker. But who knows? The only thing that appeals to me a bit more about Robson, and it's probably similar to the cheese, although everyone has the cheese, is um, that rule change that they've brought in this year that's sort of – it says that you've got to have both feet on the try line um, not just one foot. And so players are going to be uh, potentially caught on their heels a little bit more, which I think does open up for some of those sort of strong hookers taking off a little bit more around the ruck and maybe getting over. And as you said, uh, Jono and Chris, Robson loves a meat pie, so he clearly loves having a crack. And so I think that could be advantageous. But, yeah, I mean, when you're paying six seventy eight k and Harry Grant's just another hundred and sort of thirty. It's a it's a hard um, it's a hard conversation to have uh, around that. All right, in the mid ranges, we've there's there's one man here that's what sixty percent owned already. Uh, Brandon Smith probably doesn't need much of a uh, too much to talk about. Jono, is there any chance that you don't start with Brandon Smith to, to the cheese to start the year? No, not a chance. I think he's one of the biggest must-haves at any position this year. So I, was, I looked up his numbers today from 2021 where he played a bit of hooker. 
He averaged 68.5 at hooker in 2021 over 20 games. That's a pretty big sample size. That was averaging 60 minutes a game, and he's priced at 45 points. So I think it's an absolute lock-in no-brainer. What do you reckon, Chris? 100%. Get in the stinky cheese and leave him there for the year. I think he's going to kill it. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, my, he's my second hooker, and he'll be there. Um, you know, unless there's injuries, I wrote him. I wrote him most of last year, and last year he, um, you know, he struggled a bit. But I think in that Roosters system, he's going to flourish. They've been needing a class, you know, dummy half since Jake Friend retired, and um, I think he's going to jump in there, and it's going to work really well for them. There's, there's been a bit of movement in these mid ranges Actually, just looking at it, like it's almost like the mid rangers this year have have all left their clubs and gone to another one. So. Uh, Brandon Smith, uh, his the former Roosters hooker, uh, Sam Verrills, has gone up to the Titans and hoping to lock down an 80-minute role. We've got Josh Hodson going from the Raiders to the Eels. And then uh, Reed Marnie, he's, he's, start, he's kicking off his career at, at, at the Bulldogs. Um, it sounds like you're going Smith and Harry, Chris. If, if you were to try and save some money on Harry to potentially go a Nico, is there any of those mid ranges that that you could consider getting in? Um, or- yeah, I had, a, I had a look. I had a look at Reed Marnie's um, sort of numbers last year. They were a bit down on the previous year, and um, he's a bit of a wait and see for me. Um, just going again, a bit like Appy, going into a new system, uh, and I just don't know. Like the dogs are recruited well, but I just don't know how they're going to go. I think he's like as a hooker, his baseline is going to be pretty good. But I just don't know if he's got that attacking upside that that uh, Harry and Brandon Smith have got. So probably not one for me. The interesting one, I reckon, in that group is Josh Hodgson. Um, the videos and photos I've seen out of Parramatta, he looks he looks super fit. Uh, coming off, a, you know, I think he played, what, 10 minutes last season, did his knee round one against the Sharks. Um, he, he could um, go into a good system at Parramatta and really go well. At, at at a pretty you know pretty decent price if you want to pick him up. Mm. My only concern with him is his biceps have gotten too big that he just might not be able to <laughs> pass the ball as well anymore. He's the, he must have the biggest biceps in NRL. That was Kamali's oh. problem as he sort of finished his career. Couldn't really pass from right to left because his biceps started getting too big. <laughs> must be something in the water out of Parramatta. Yeah, him and Matto just doing bicep curl. Curls there's, in the mirror all day. Yeah, there's something there. Jono, is there any any there that pique your interest for a man that's not going Harry? Nah, I don't think so. I mean, Hodgson, I had that little bit of temptation when I saw his price, like he's only priced at like a 37 average. He's he's just never been that super coach relevant. Like even in the Raiders year where they made the grand final and his best year, he averaged 54, which isn't terrible. But like if that's a player's best year and that's what they're averaging, it just doesn't excite me that much. Yeah, yeah. There's not not much there for me. Uh, the, the, I mean, the Aaron Clark play, starting at lock could be of some interest, and if you see where he sort of um, uh, the role he ends up playing with the Titans, but certainly not something that you're going to start the year with at that at, in that sort of mid range price, nearly five hundred k. And Tubes, he also got named at number fourteen uh, behind Isaac Liu in the in this week's trial teams too. So he might ah, even end up getting. Yeah. Starting yeah. role. Yeah, so he's a definite no-go then. On to the cheapies. Uh, there's a few options here, which I think a lot of super coaches are going to be looking at uh, based on the current uh, ownership levels. 
Interestingly, Ray Stone's right up there. Uh, he's 246K, he's 30% owned at the moment. I suppose this just comes down to, don't know if he gets a, the starting lock position or or what are, you, what are your thoughts on Ray Stone? I think people like him just because he's cheap and he's dual. Like I, and, he, and he does get through a bit of work when he's on the field. But I think, yeah, he's likely to get a bench spot probably behind Tommy Gilbert. Uh, your boy from last YouTube probably gets that starting job. So for me, he's not that relevant. But I think people like the idea of just having a cheapie who they can they can move around. Yeah. Uh, Chris, we'll, I'll, I'll leave uh, Tanner Boyd. Sounds like we might be talking about him in the halves uh, halves chat a little bit a little bit later. Uh, have you had a look at uh, Sonny Luke? Have you seen much of much of him play before? Yeah, I have. I have. And what I have seen has impressed me. He passed the eye test for mine. It'll be interesting to see what role he plays in um, that Penrith side. I note that he wasn't named in the seventeen this week for the World Club Challenge, uh, which probably doesn't bode too well. Uh, I would have been semi-interested to see how that Mitch Kenny, Sony Luke rotation would have worked, uh, especially before round one. So I was very much hoping he'd get a crack, but it doesn't look like he will. So uh, not one not one of mine to look at, but I can definitely understand why people are having a look. You know, he could potentially play, you know, upwards, upwards of 40 minutes. And in a Penrith side that's going to be ultra competitive, um, he could be a genuine option at a very juicy price. Yeah. If, I mean, if he if he can take on that Appy role, it's a lock. But given they've what are they, they've got the buy in round three, I want to say, um, feels like you get just that little bit longer to see what that role's going to look like. So you, I don't think you can start the year with him and get trapped if he's if he's not playing that. Do we minutes. know if he's Do we know if he's injured? Because I found it interesting that Jack Cogger was named at 14 for the Panthers uh, ahead of him. So my assumption, you know, pointed towards potentially an injury, but I haven't heard anything. Yeah, I, yeah, I had a look. He, he's, he's hurt, and I think the club have confirmed he'll be available okay. for selection for round one. Okay. But it does just rob us of the chance to have a look at how the role would have worked, which just gives you enough doubt. I think I'm with you guys. I think he's a bit of an avoid for me. Yeah, and if you're not going to – if you end up going Tanner Boyd in your halves or vice versa and you don't hit on one of those one of those players as a gun, it's and, and it's a good downgrade to free up some cash uh, for, for you and the rest of your side. Now, I, I did note that I put up a name on the run sheet and neither of you sort of highlighted as something that you wanted to talk about, but uh, the big man's back this year. He's starting 5-8 for the Dragons. No, Tubes, um, don't say it. He's a special, talented man, and he's probably – surely he's in for a pay drop by now. It's Mitchy, uh, Mo- <laughs> not Mitch Moses. It's Moses Embi. No, no, no interest in Moses Embi from anyone in, in, the, in, the, in the group tonight. I stood on the hill last Saturday night and watched them play against St. Helens. You'll be doing very well to talk me into any dragon. <laughs> Particularly Moses my, yeah, yeah, my under nines, Barry Magpies played the game beforehand. They showed more energy than the Dragons. Spare yeah. me, Moses. No, thank you. Yeah, and and really, I just brought up Moses to to just show how solidified I am against against rule number one this year. No, not picking rabbits in that mid range, <laughs> and uh, Moses will definitely not be starting in uh, Tubes' pods to start the year. All right, I think that wraps up hookers. Why don't we jump in straight into into halves? Send him off! Send the dressing gates off! 
So similar to hooker, we're going to kick off with our our premium guns, and there's really two clear cut premium guns to to kick off the conversation. Jono, I'm going to let you make a decision as to which one you're going to start making a case for. Nico Hines or Nathan Cleary? James, I'll start off with the one with the higher ownership. So Cleary, 56% ownership. He's 841K and an average of 80. I think the only question mark I would have if there's anyone looking to antipod him, which I would not be doing, I think he's a definite have in your team, is that he, he did look a little clunky at times last year without Appy on the field in that first 20 towards the back end of the year. But I think that's that's really trying to search for something. If anything, that just might make him even better and more dominant this year. What do you, what do you reckon? It's hard. Um, well, actually, before I answer your question, I'll just let the listeners out there know, uh, dur- during your during your answer, I've had uh, Chris, Chris come through to, to say he has to drop off the pod. He mentioned earlier that, uh, that he had a, a wife that was 39 and a half weeks pregnant. And while he was recording the pod pod, uh, She's uh, her waters broke, so yeah, good. So it's just going to be me and you to to finish off this pod tonight, which um, I'm sure we'll uh, have a bit of disappointment for those for those out there. But good luck, Chris. I'm sure it's a long night, or hopefully not too long night ahead. <laughs> My theory um, chat was so boring that the baby just wanted to get out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he thought about staying on. He's a good man. <laughs> thought about pushing through. Um, yeah, I think Cleary's got upside. I think he'll go better than his than than his price. I think he'll average better than his price. And I actually laid him most of last year, like which didn't turn out too bad. It was pretty dicey there when he had his runs of one fifties, one or hundred odds um, throughout. Um, and then I laid him all the way through until the game he got suspended, and I brought him back in. Um, so it worked out all right until I decided to bring him back in, <laughs> but this year, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be starting with him. I think he's got the bigger upside in terms of both scoring and value versus Nico. Um, are you any chance of running both? I, th- I think I'm a big chance. I-, I know you and I were pretty consistent all off season. We were talking soupy about Lane Hines and because of what you just said, like he's, he's, 902,000, like you'd feel like he can't possibly go better than his Dally M year. I suppose the only thing is that it is only his second full year at halfback. Like there's every chance he might just get better in the position. I think for me, a bit of fear is coming. I, I never owned him in, in 2021 when he replaced Pappy at fullback in, for Melbourne and killed it. I thought he was not going to go well at halfback last year, super coach scoring wise, and laid him for the first half of last year. So I've almost got this little bit of a Nico curse, and I just I feel like starting with him just because. It's burnt me twice now not to have him. Like in hindsight, or in, in Nico hindsight, it was the, it was the <laughs> it was the wrong play for me to not have him both those times. So I think I'm going to start with him. I think I'm going to squeeze him in. I just the difference this year is just his the price he is starting at like nine hundred and two thousand. Uh, and I'm not saying he'll match him, but you go. Th- you go 170k down to Mitch Moses, 180k down to Jerome Hughes, and and 280k down to Sam Walker. Mm. Like they're big gaps in in prices. Um, yeah, it's is there is it, it is there any interest in going one of those other guns? Are you is 
have you looked at, at Mitch Moses as a potential option? He's currently only 3.2% owned. I've, I've looked at him all tubes. Like, and Mitch Moses on paper, I was, I was saying to you the other day, like he's actually, the big knock on him is that he's inconsistent. But I, I don't think he is anymore. Like his supercoach scoring has become pretty consistent. So like last year, he went sub 40 only three times, one of which was an eight. Uh, but he went over 103 times. And that's that's a big improvement on previous years, that kind of balance between the small scores and the big scores. My thing with him and with Dillbags, which I'm sure we'll get to at 5'8", is the Josh Hodgson factor. Like, I think Reid Marnie probably gives the best just flat ball service. Some people might say forward pass service in the comp. Uh, Josh Hodgson loves to take three or four steps out of dummy half. He, he loves to really run the team. And I just want to see how he looks with Mitch Moses and Dylan Brown before I'd be convinced on them. Yeah. And I think for me, like Mitch Moses averaged 70 last year, but before that he'd averaged 58 and 54. So that's quite mm. a big jump in in last year. And maybe that was, like you said, the, the consistency um, that he yeah. brought. Uh, but again, obviously the – Parramatta finished top four, made it all the way to through to the grand final. Uh, and I just, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they regress a little bit this year, whether that's because of Hodgson, whether it's losing, you know, the likes of Papali'i, uh, who obviously was a barnstorming back row running off Mitch Moses last year that probably got him yeah. a few try assists. I just, um, I, I, I think he's probably a bit too highly priced uh, and, is more likely to regress than sort of bump up to an average of 75, 80 for the year. Yeah. And I think Jerome Hughes obviously is a, a good option as well. Like he's, he's so dependable, Jerome Hughes. He only went sub 40 once last year and went over 104 times. So like he he's very, very dependable. Yeah, he's only at 4% ownership. He doesn't have the biggest ceiling though. Like last year, even though he went over 104 times, his biggest score was 108. So there's times where he's going over. He's not like blowing you out of the, out of the park. Like it's, it's kind of... Obviously, really good scores, but he's not crazy good. But he's he's dependable and a good option. The one tubes that interests me a little bit, bit cheaper, is Sam Walker. He's 624K priced, so 59 price. Last year, he played the first 15 games at 5'8 and averaged 52. He then played nine games at halfback and averaged 71. And he went over 100 twice in that time. Didn't do it once playing 5'8. And his, his goal kick percentages improved as the year went on too. So he, there's a little bit there. What do, you, what do you reckon about Sam Walker? I like Sam Walker. I started with him last year, felt a little bit burnt. Um, yeah. And he just never really kicked on. Um, but he did, it, it was a weird one. He started the year at 5'8". And if you remember, and Kiri was halfback. And yeah. I just couldn't work out what their roles were. And it felt like when Kiri then went, got injured uh, and when they switched them back, he just looked so much better. Um so I, I, I'm i fairly tempted to start the year with him. The only thing holding me back, which I know everyone speaks about, is just that Roosters having the round four bye. Yeah. So and also not wanting to be too loaded up on Roosters because there's a few good options. Like I know a lot of people are on Teddy. The Cheese, obviously. Egan Butcher is potentially a big factor too. I'm not even worried about that though, to be honest. Like I was looking at some numbers and I don't have them in front of me, so I'm not going to quote any, but... The Roosters had a horrible start to the year last year in terms of like the overall team points. And then yeah. they finished off the year and they still finished, I think, in the top four 
overall team points uh, for, yeah. for the year. And they came home with like averaging like 11 or 1200 team points for the last sort of four or five rounds. Okay. And, and obviously people like Manu and that were killing it. But I just think if they're going well, there's plenty, there's plenty of people to spread the load, but they all sort of still can score pretty well. And it's like they take it in turns as to who's getting the hundreds each week. Um, yeah, but there's not just – I get that, but I also mean just from having too many for a round four buy. Yeah, like, no, yeah. Like, so, but I'm all meant – once you get past that buy, I'm not that worried about it, but definitely okay. for that buy. Um, I, yeah, that's really the only thing holding me back is Sam yeah. Walker for, from potentially getting him uh, to start off the year. I'm um, I'm I'm not really – there's no one really else in that premium – to talk about Fogarty, he'll be kicking goals for the Raiders and A. Ray, Adam Reynolds, sorry, kicking goals for the Broncos. But I just think they're a bit meh. There's not really much going on. Um, the only the only one that you could consider um, is, that I think we've talked about before is, is, is DCE, Daily Cherry Evans. Daily Potty Evans, 1% ownership. <laughs> Are you... Um, are you any chance of, of looking at him? What is is there any case to be made for for Potty Evans? There, there is a case because <laughs> Potty Evans. I don't think it's going to stick Potty Evans, but we'll, we'll try our best. There, there's a little bit of a case. He's priced at sixty six when Turbo was fit and firing in twenty twenty one. Cherry Evans averaged seventy nine. So you could twist those numbers and say that he plays well with Turbo, but also that was the year of the the big rule changes where the teams were just scoring willy nilly. The other thing is you could also, for those who want to lay hinds, he's pretty good Cleary insurance for round three. Like you play Cherry Evans and you don't have to worry about playing a Tanner Boyd if you want a really cheap option there. But no, I think Manly having the buy in round two and then you're potentially sitting Turbo, Josh Schuster and a big money halfback all in the same week, which for me rules him out. Yeah. Into the mid-rangers, uh, the, the big one that sort of uh, sticks out here is the Chad. Uh, <laughs> what do you reckon that the Chad um, coming into your super coach side? Like he's a bit of an up and comer playing for the Cowboys. <laughs> Are you any chance of starting with him? Chief, don't try and get me to bash the Chad. I'm a, I'm, I'm a Chad defender. Don't try and get me into bashing the Chad. I've, I stand up for him on this podcast. He's not a bad NRL player. In saying that, absolutely not for super coach this year. Yeah, I mean, look, the Chad, he, he played. Um, 24 games last year and averaged uh, 39. Um, yeah, who cares? It's the Chad. Um, <laughs> he's no good. Uh, he got dropped from the War- from the Sharks and then dropped from the Warriors two seasons ago. I expect him to regress to the mean, uh, which is that <laughs> again this year. Really, not much in the in the mid ranges though. So there's um, uh, Ben Hunt, uh, SJ, the Milf. It's not much sort oh. of peaking your interest there. Yeah, the Hunt, yeah, yeah. Hunt's always been a super coach relevant player, but I mean the Dragons, pretty as we were talking about before, don't don't exactly excite you in attack this year. And he's another one who can't like he was so good last year. Like drag them to every win. He he surely can't go better than last year with the team that's around him. What about Jackson Hastings? He's he's moved to the Knights. Potentially gets the kicking. I I think he will get the kicking because his career percentage is way better than Ponga's unless they just want Ponga to have that responsibility or something. But his stats are a little bit inflated because he played a few games at lock at the back end of his Tigers stint and he scored really, really well playing lock. 
So his price is a touch inflated. It's he's probably the best of the mid range options, but it's not for me. I'd either yeah. rather go high premium or potentially a Tanner Boyd option. Yeah, but yeah. Um, and really, there's two cheapies in the halves that are worth talking about. Um, Tanner Boyd, you just mentioned, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, I'm going to have a crack. Isaiah Katoa, <laughs> not bad. Um, if you would, <laughs> if you were to go a cheapie, which one of those two would you be? Would you be picking if Katoa somehow gets named? I think he's a he's a lock. He's looked really good in the World Cup. He's 216k. I think I would sacrifice my two premium halves kind of game plan if that was to happen. I just don't think he's going to get named. He might become relevant later in the year. Tanner Boyd I'm, I'm looking at. I think he's been in a lot of your teams, hasn't he, Tubes, Tanner Boyd? Yeah, I've had him um, floating between that second hooker with Smith yeah. and or the second half with Cleary as the half. Um, if he starts, he's kicking goals. Uh, I think he's, he's just sort of a lock, like he's a must-have at that price, mm-hmm. um, and and he really should be averaging sort of forties or, or even 50, you know mid to mid to high fifties yeah. if he is kicking the goals. So well, he, he averaged sixty in his five games starting half back last year, but it, it was yeah. a pretty it was a pretty soft draw. But yeah. still, that's that's not too bad. And I, I think you're going to run with David Fafita as well, and they're going to be on that right edge together. I, as someone who's going to own David Feeder, I don't mind having him maybe getting a few try assists and contributions next to him. Yeah, I think it's it just really comes down to if you get him at hooker or half and what the makeup of, of your team sort of looks like. I mean, I'm basically I, you sort of look at that and we just ran through the halves. I can't see how you're picking mid ranges. You're sort of either mm-hmm. going your two guns. Um, and, and the risk is if you go Tanner Boyd at halfback, round three, Cleary. Has the buy that means you're banking in playing Tanner Boyd that round too, and they're playing the Storm as well. They are. I think. Yeah, no, so. you're right. So I don't know. I think for me, if I get him, it's probably going to be at hooker, and I'd rather stick with some premium options at half. Yeah, it's a, it's sort of, a, it's a, it's one of the conundrums of my preseason, sort of working out what I'm going to do because I really want to lay Nico, but mm. feel so safe to just get him and Cleary and just lock that in, um, regardless of what else it does to your team. All right, uh, that's enough talking about the halves. Let's jump into the the five eights. I think this is a really interesting position um, as well to for twenty twenty three. There is a lot of. Low, sort of lower end premiums, I guess, from a pricing perspective, uh, and premium meaning you know just around that six hundred k mark. And then mm-hmm. I think that there's a few in that sort of mid range option that you want. Uh, yeah. And then obviously at, at the cheapy level, um, there's two main main options. So why don't we start with the cheapies and and go the other way and from a reverse? Uh, you know, just mix things up a bit on the pod, McGrath. You know, we've had a we've had we've had a a water break, um, <laughs> and, and a few other things happen. So let's let's uh, let's keep it going. Uh, Schuster, he, he's obviously going to start in your side. Are you? Yes. Are you? He's got that dual position, also second row or five eight, which is just awesome for throughout the year. Do you think you'll be starting at five eight, or or or, or what are you thinking at the moment? 
Again, we'll kind of come down to where the cheapies fall, but I'd say I'm probably more likely to go him at second row forward just because there's a lot of, yeah, like you mentioned, a lot of good kind of higher-end, mid-range or low-premium guys that I really, really like. So absolute lock, priced an average of 23. He's going to absolutely smash that. Yeah, I, I think I'm leaning second row forward. What about you? Yeah, I'm similar. Um, we'll get into them, but uh, there's a couple of mid-ranges or low-premiums that I like um, from a price point of view. Um, for me... Uh, yeah, it'll just come down to where that lands. The only other cheap is Metcalf. Mm. I think he's just going to be on everyone's watch list, uh, depending on – he hasn't been named this weekend for the trial game. Yeah. He's been dropped with Chance getting the fullback position. And is it SJ and Tamare for the halves? Yes. So um, Metcalf, I think, is just going to end up being a wait and see. Even now – if he got named, you'd want him to be named through someone being dropped. Like you wouldn't want something like SJ to have a niggling injury or something like that. Um, so I think he's just going to be a wait and see to, to start Agreed. off. In the mid ranges, so the four to 600 Ks, um, there's a few options here. Uh, my boy from uh, 2022 who had a, the dream run at the back half of the year, Matty Boy Moylan comes in. In the low 500s. Um, I thought you were going to say Matt Burton. Matty <laughs> <laughs> um, Moylan, don't think you can start the year with him. I think his super coach uh, life is over. Um, but he did, he did, he did wonders for those that picked him last year. Uh, so, but your man Matt Burton, talk me into him. Look, I think he was a little bit slow at 5.8 to start off with. He averaged 45.8 over the first 10 rounds last year. And then the final 14 games averaged uh, 65. So he's priced at 56. And I think a lot of that became from him getting used to the the 5.8 position coming off centre at Penrith. And also just you're looking at the dogs assuming they're going to be better. uh, And he's going to be on the left edge with with Billy Kicks. So you just feel there's a lot of upside in Matty Burton. So what's he priced at? He's in five hundred and ninety-four k. So he's just Which is below a 56. that. Yeah, fifty-six average. Yeah. So he's currently owned by he's so outside of Schuster, he's the highest owned five-eight. So thirty-eight point seven percent. So I think a mm. lot of people, a lot of people agree with you. Um, he's just got that upside, even just of the the dogs. Hopefully, will be in for more points this year. Felt like they couldn't score points at all at the start of last no, season. No, not at the start. This um, is when he went on a pretty bad run. And um, and then they got rid of Barrett and they started playing a bit more free-flowing. And so, yeah, more points means more super coach points for him as both a kicker but also as a 5'8". It's just my only concern is how big is his upside um, there, especially with this um, – with this position having a, a fair bit of, you know, uh, different options in that sort of gun or premium area, I'm I'm a bit on the fence with Burton and also him being a high ownership sort of, I lean towards making a bit of an anti, oh, sorry, yeah. a bit of a pod play um, or anti-pod play uh, by leaving him out. Are you, um, one of the ones that I like for this year, which I think Matt was really the one that sort of tipped me onto him and and I'm looking at as one of my five eights to, to start off the year is is Adam Dewey. Um he his his stats 
uh, by all accounts, pretty ridiculous when he starts at 5'8". I'm sure you'll be able to probably roll some into me, off, off for me, Jono. But I like, um, <laughs> I like even just from the point of view of the Tigers, similar to the Dogs, they should be better this year. He's definitely going to be that starting 5'8", outside of Luke Brooks. There won't be anything that's sort of up in the air. He was coming off... You know, was it at ACL? He was coming off last year um, when Can't he started. Remember. He was coming off a pretty serious injury last year when he came back into the side, which is why he was eased back in. And I think just outside, playing outside of Luke Brock, Brooks, he just has to take over the team from an attacking standpoint. He's got, is it uh, Papadis going to be on his side? Okay. Um, and. Yeah, I just and and then obviously the goal kicking. I think he's just got lots of lots of things going for him. He's priced at six hundred and twenty four k. He's currently only sixteen point six percent ownership, so half that of Matt Burton uh, for about twenty k or thirty k more in price. Is he what? Are you are you tempted by him as well? Yeah, he's a lock for me. I owe your brother Matt a big apology because when he first mentioned him. I think I said to Matt was yuck, but that was just without me looking at any numbers. Now that I've done a bit of deep diving into it, so he said, yeah, six hundred and twenty-four k, which is a price to an average of fifty-nine. At five eight, he averaged seventy-two last year, so that's ridiculous. And even the, if you think that's a small sample size, that was eight games. He averaged seventy-five at five eight in twenty twenty-one from fourteen games, uh, and he only had three games under forty out of all that. So. He, he looks very good, very consistent. They also have a pretty easy draw to start the year. In their first five weeks, they play Titans, Knights, Dogs, and Broncos. So you'd like to think he might be able to get onto a bit of a strong start too. He yeah, absolute lock for me. Yeah, wow, that is. Uh, I hadn't actually looked at their draw, so they're they're that's a that's a basically as good a run as you can almost get without playing the Dolphins. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the the other. To there's three other real, I guess, premium options uh, to talk about. Um, uh, if if we think about Dewey is six hundred twenty four, these others are, are much higher. So Cam Munster, are you? He's he's eight hundred twenty four k. He's got he's come out and said he's got that niggling. Injury is something to do with his hip. Need our resident physio on. Uh, Munster, did you own him last year? I I did. I owned him for, for most of the season. I think I got him at about round six or seven and just held him for the rest of the season. I, I, look, if someone said they're getting him, you wouldn't talk him out of it because he's obviously a gun. But, I yeah, I think without Pappy as well. So I looked at his numbers with and without Pappy. Last year with Ryan Pappy now in the team, he averaged 85.2 in 10 games. Without Pappy, he averaged 76 in 11 games. So, that I mean, when he's priced at 80, that nine-point swing is, is decent, not but not dramatic. Such a good year from him last year as well. Like, he – I don't know if he's back on the booze, but he obviously <laughs> got off for 12 months. He clearly came back into that season really fit and just looked really good from, from the start. Um I just, I think no matter what, he's going to be an absolute gun player, and he's and he always sort of steps up in those big games. It's just what he does in that week to week. Yeah. Um, that's that's often let him down. You know, from being 
an absolute must-have premium premium. I mean, in saying that, he averaged 80 last year, as you, as you mentioned, and um, but and in 2021, he averaged 74, and in 2020, he averaged 70. So he's gone up on his 2021 numbers for his average last year versus 2021, which was obviously the high-scoring year. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him regress back to sort of that average of around 70, um, So which is still freaking awesome. Yeah, and <laughs> but, still someone you'll probably own by the back end. Exactly. It's just about not starting with him uh, yeah. at, at that start of the year. And hoping similar, he doesn't kill you. Yeah, and similar for this next one is 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 Dylan Brown or Dillbags. Um, career year for him, like massive career year. But, I mean, the difference with him is possibly – what is he? He's 23 or, 20, or, even, or 22. Like, yeah. He could still be getting better. Yeah, for sure. And he also has awesome buy coverage. Like, I think the Eels play every one of the major buy rounds. Obviously, he can't play Origin. So, I think he's probably a good one to try and think he drops in price, hopefully, a little bit, and then pick him back up before the round 13 buy and just maybe hold him through till the end of the year because it is pretty good coverage. Yeah, I think, he, like I said earlier, with Mitch Moses, Dylan Brown, the Josh Hodgson factor does worry me a little bit. Like, just that he loves to have his hands in the ball and, and control things. Yeah, and ridiculous average last year, seventy four point two five is is unbelievable. Um, can't see him keeping that up. So I won't be starting the year with him. I think for me, so I think I'm sort of leaning towards. The possibility of a of a Dewey of a Dewey Burton combo, um, but you could talk me into Cody Walker to start the year as well. Um, he didn't have the best start to last year, probably his worst Super Coach year in in a long time. Is there any any signs that you feel like Cody be, could be getting his groove back uh, for twenty twenty three, Jono? I don't mind Cody, and obviously I'm a little bit biased being a Rabbitohs fan, but I think he is the kind of guy. He's only at 4% ownership, and he is someone who can go on a big run of form. I think the, the downside is Souths do have a really tough early draw, um, so he is a bit of a flat-track bully, Cody. Um, so I think you don't love that from him. He He's averaged, he's priced at a 57 average, and like you said, he, he averaged 84 in 2021, he averaged 74 in 2020, he averaged 65 in 2019. So he is definitely, you'd be getting him at a slight discount. Last year, rounds 1 to 15, he only averaged 53. And then for the rest of the season, averaged 63. So that kind of hinged around Luttrell coming back into the team. Once Luttrell was back, he looked much better. And I also think without Adam Reynolds there, early on in the year, he had to do a lot of kind of organisation and wasn't playing quite as off the cuff and as freely as what he had been before. So I think there's a bit of upside there. He also plays in round 13, the first big buy. He's not going to play Origin. I just think South's tough early draw will be enough to dissuade me away from Cody. Yeah. The only, I mean, 3.9% ownership, he's definitely going to be a pod. Yeah. Um, and not a bad pod in terms of he's, um, like he's, he's like you said, he's got the pedigree about him. It's just the the, the big difference between 2020, 2021 and last year was obviously Adam Reynolds lose, leaving the club and whether or not that played a part in, in his demise from a supercoach scoring point of view. Um, 
but I do like the the two the two gun strategy. The one we haven't talked about, which we spoke I spoke about with Matt and Dan the other night, is Kalen Ponga. If he gets named at five eight, um, you told me he was a lock earlier today. You said he's a lock in your team. You said he is a lock. A he bit. is a he is a lock in my team if he's named at five eight. But I was reading the rules. Uh, sorry, I read something that potentially they're not going to – I've been under the assumption they're going to change the positions yeah. uh, before round one based on what people are named. But then I read something today saying that they're not going to do it till round six. So oh, wow. that will have a huge impact. Not worth talking about Kalen Ponger at 5'8 if he's not starting the year at 5'8. Um, but it, for me, if he does start, if, he, if they do adjust the – um, the positions and he gets five eight jewel before the start of the year. He is a lock for me uh, at that five eight position. What are you seeing in him that I'm missing? Because I think he's a, not a very good buy. Do you think he's a good football player? Yes, but I think there's lots of people who are good football players who aren't super coach buys. Yeah, I just think that, like I said the other night, he's played fourteen games the last two years. He's had plenty of concussions. Uh, and and niggling injuries, he's had a um, like an awesome Origin series over those over those sort of two years, and I just think he's an absolute gun player. I think he's a top three sort of fullback, and moving him to five eight, I, I think will be good for him from a super coach output. I know that people say that it it could hinder him, but I don't think he was really a base stat man. He's really a person that he's there to create. He's there to start. I'm not worried about his him holding up from a defensive point of view. I've seen him defend pretty well in the line in origin, and, and, and I'm not too worried about that. But really, I think the big thing that draws me to him is similar to Munster last year. Like, he's had that off-season incident um, where he was caught in the cubicle. He's sort of taken on that leadership role at the club. Uh, he's potentially, he's, you know, I'm not saying footballers stay, you know, get, get shocked and then stay on the straight and narrow for the rest of their lives. But often they've got one good season in them uh, in terms of where they get the rest of their life sort of sorted out, they get their habits right and, and it and it shows on the football field. And I just think that that could be what's what what's in store for Kalen Ponga. So there's no stats backing me up, but just a <laughs> a pretty good feeling. Pure gut feel. Yeah. And and um look if he when I say he's a lock it it comes with contingents. He's a lock if he if he gets to play five eight if he gets to be five eight position in super coach and if he's kicking goals at the Knights. I can't see how you you don't have him then. Yeah, I don't think he will kick goals. Like I think he's not. He's a seventy three percent career goal kicker, and Hastings is about eighty percent for his career. So I can't see him getting the kicking. And I know Hastings this is-, is coming off that injury though. Like he like didn't he have his whole foot reconstructed or something like that? There was some. It was pretty bad. It was pretty horrific. His injury okay. that he's coming back from. And I also just think it's it's one of those things. Even like um, it might not be like Latrell, but like just Ponga just wants to be the kicker. Like I'm the man, and mm. so just let him be the man. Um, but we'll see. We'll find out pretty soon. Yeah. Probably as early as this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think, and I know this is a ridiculously small sample size, but 
He played 5'8 in 2019. It was only three games and he averaged 41. But I, I think it's such Different a small player. sample size. Uh, yeah, and, and when did you say? 20... 2019. But at the same yeah. time, he did score well, really well at fullback that year. So I don't know if it's a different player, but maybe a more mature, better playmaker. Very, very possible. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you, like, Darren Lockyer wouldn't have scored that well in Supercoach at 5'8 early on in his career either. But by the end, he was he won a comp for the Broncos at 5'8. <laughs> he was always Supercoach irrelevant, <laughs> but <laughs> he wasn't a good Supercoach player, Lockyer. Um, all right. I think that is there any any other five eights that that we've missed? I, I'd probably give you give you one final pedestal to 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 stand on, AJ Brimson. <laughs> For those out there that are thinking about starting with AJ Brimson, can you can you can you give him a reason not to? I think he's one whose name was bandied about a bit, and then when people actually looked at the numbers, called on him. He's six hundred and seventy three k, which is a sixty four average price. He averaged 52.8 in his seven games at fullback last year and then averaged 70 from his 15 games at 5'8". And in uh, 2021, he averaged 61 from 18 games at fullback. So I just don't think there's much in him at that price. If he was 150k cheaper, might be a good option, but not at that price. It's almost premium. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't go near him. Titans fullback. I hope they do well. Hope for feeder scores plenty of points this year, but um, I won't be starting the year with with Brimson, and I don't think he'll even if he kills it to start the year. I'm I'm, I'm happy to lay him uh, yeah. for 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 most of the year. Um, all right, I think that that pretty much wraps us up. Do you want to give us a give us an indication of which way you're after all that? Which way you're leaning at the moment in the hookers and uh, and halves? What's what's your six players looking like? That I know you don't do your team. Um, this early, you wait till T- TLT Tuesday, but I think the halves are pretty safe. What are you, what are you leaning towards? I think halfback. It's pretty likely I run with the two most premium options, Cleary and, and Nico. What are you thinking, Tubes? If you had to had to pick some, had to pick two now, who would you go? So I'm looking at I'll be doing Cleary and Boyd, and then in the five eight I'll be doing Dewey and Ponger if his name there. If he's not there. Um, potentially Burton or Cody Walker uh, for that similar price. Yep. So the two two high, two guns basically at 5'8", um, but not 900K <laughs> style guns. And then in hooker, I'm looking at Harry Grant and Brandon Smith. So Ooh, instead nice. of getting – so basically I'm getting Harry instead of Nico and having yep. Tanner Boyd as my backup half. Um, and just hoping for a big round three against the Storm. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I think at 5'8", I'm, I'm Dewey's a lock, and I'd say I'm leaning towards Matty Burton in that spot. And then for hooker for me, I'll definitely go the cheese, and I'm probably looking at Tanner Boyd at hooker. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, Jono, and thanks for joining us, uh, Chris. Uh, good luck with the <laughs> with the birth of your of your child. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll get an update throughout the season when he comes back on as to how things are going. We might not get him on for a few weeks. He's he's now a few potential sleepless nights and and whatnot coming. Um, but yeah, thanks, Jono. Uh, enjoyed having you on. Cheers, Jude. Always good to chat, Supercoach, with you. All right.